When I was young, I remember seeing um, a bumper sticker on a car that said, he who, he who dies with the most toys wins. And for a time, I actually believed it. And every time we got something new, every time I got a bracelet uh, or something, we bought something at home, and I thought, wow, we're getting more things. We're, you know, our, there's more things in our car. We're going on more vocations. We're getting a newer car, etc., etc. And that theme is not only something that I believe, but it's something that the world pushes us to in the way the economy of the world is set up, where people are always trying to sell you something. You need more of this, half price for this, acquire more things. And as we know, we go from um, a, uh, a drawer to two to three, and sometimes we fill a whole, uh, a whole room with items that we acquire. And of course, the very important question is, well, what do we win? Well, we win a lot of things. We win um, a big bill. We win um, um, sometimes items that we really don't need and we're not sure why we bought them. Lent is not a time of acquiring things. It is a time of setting things aside. So think of things in your life that you've tried to acquire, but in the end of the day, you realize that it's not that valuable at all. I think of things that I try to put all together, and I thought of this little analogy that I sometimes do in the morning. Uh, when I come into the church in the morning, I like to drink some tea. Now the kettle is in my room, but the water is in the hall. So I take the kettle, which is fairly large, I take the kettle from my room, take it over to the kitchen. Now sometimes I leave the, the actual pot in, um, in my room and sometimes I, it's in the kitchen. So by the time I come back, I'm carrying a kettle and a pot. Then I realize, well, I actually need a cup. So this is where it gets a little complicated. So I got a heart-themed cup for all of you today. <laughs> so it's like, well, what do I do? The kettle is hot, so I can't exactly do this. So the other option is, well, how about this? So that I'm walking around with this. Then I realize, how about some tea? You know, I have some tea somewhere. So it gets a little complicated, and then there's a cup in there somewhere. And then I walk in front of the door and I realize, hey, how do I get in the door? I got all the carrying all this stuff, so I have to put some of this down, which is what I'll do right now. The reason I give you this very uh, simple analogy is that we try to do things like that in so many things in our life. We try to acquire, we try to gather, we try to impress, we overload ourselves with things. In fact, even in architecture, there's something called a stress level. That even metal has a certain level of, of stress that it can carry. And unfortunately with us, sometimes we put more stress on ourselves, more expectations of our, on ourselves than we can possibly handle. We look at somebody else who has a little more than us and we wish we had, we had that. Or we just have dreams that sometimes are unrealistic. And that's exactly what stress is. When we go beyond our level of capacity, something beyond what we are able to handle, either financially, emotionally, socially, um, in whatever way we do, we put more pressure on ourselves than we can possibly handle or that is, that is realistic. That's why 
our prayer, the prayers of the church, and particularly Lent, time of the great of great Lent, time of fasting, is so important to take very seriously. It is a time of not purchasing or eating or putting on more, but it's a time of seeing how much you can set aside. And sometimes people think, how much can I live with? Lent is a time of thinking, how much can I live without? And that's why it's very important to really take this, either this analogy that I, I, I think of this uh, little analogies in my life of carrying pots and cups and everything like that. Everybody can have their own analogy. What do you do in your life that is putting pressure on your life or is even burning you or is, put, is, being, is so unrealistic that um, it's putting um, anxiety in your, in your life and in your, in your relationships with everybody else? That's why Lent, although sometimes people think, oh, it's a little too severe, the way we fast during Lent, hopefully you can do as much of it as possible, is that there's no food or drink from midnight to noon. And then during the entire 40 days and then the one week after that, prior to uh, Easter, we also, that's also an extension to the 40 days. So it's actually a little more than 40 days. So from midnight to noon during weekdays, Monday to Friday, and then also um, no meat or dairy products throughout the whole time from today all the way to Easter Sunday. Now some people have a variant of that. They say Saturday and Sunday off. Um, you know, uh, it, it, it goes up to you, but actually technically today is meat fair. So it's a farewell, a cheese fair, which is a farewell to cheese. So technically it's uh, no meat or dairy throughout the whole time. Now of course, if you have health issues and you need to take medication and you need to you know, have something to eat before your medication. Lent is not supposed to hurt you physically. It's supposed to actually help you be more alert of the things that we don't need in our life. But also the other extreme, of course, if you have medication and you, you're, for health reasons, you need to eat, you're allowed to. But the other extreme are those who are in perfect health and just feel like, you know what, forget it. Uh, I don't, I don't want to bother. Do your best to do something during this whole time of the great fast. To set aside something. To have some change in your life. To have some growth in your life. And that's why reading both the epistle and the gospel today very carefully is important. St. Paul in his letter to the Romans has a theme that is actually present throughout the entire Bible. And that is setting aside something in order to pick up something else. If I had kept on carrying more and more things in order to try to get to my office in the morning, what's going to happen? Either I'll get burned or, th or something is going to, to fall and break. And that is also a theme that we see in our life when we put on too much without letting go of the things that we don't need to hold on. He says, the night is far advanced, the day is at hand. Let us therefore lay aside the works of darkness. That is step one where St. Paul specifically tells us to search in our life and what are the things that we need to stop doing. Sometimes we think, and we, we are, we're all very good people, and it's just like, what more good could I do? What more good could I do? Before that, St. Paul says, what is in your life that you need to get rid of? What do you need to set aside? Because the works of darkness are far from the works of light. And in fact, the way our church architecture is set up is that the altar is on this side and the door is usually on that side. Ours is a little different because we bought it this way. But traditionally churches were built facing the east 
to remind us that we are coming out of the darkness, the west, the side of the sunset, and walking towards the altar to receive communion, the side of the light. So it's very important that if without setting something aside, we cannot fully grasp, we don't have the, enough energy, we don't have enough strength to focus on the things that we need to do in our life. And also the gospel gives us three um, important themes of forgiveness, of fasting, and treasure. So to start in reverse, treasure, this is exactly the opposite of what that bumper sticker said, that if you die with the most toys, you win. In fact, this gospel tells us if you're simply living for the toys of life, you're going to lose. There's two ways of life and death, of letting go and picking up something, is also, as I said, mentioned, found in the gospel. First part, forgiveness. Jesus doesn't say simply, I'm going to forgive you. And he does, though. Forgive us our trespasses. In the, in the Our Father is, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And this is reaffirmed here in Matthew chapter 6, where the little words of the Bible are always very important. Jesus says, if you forgive others their offenses. If. In other words, first of all, we have to let go of grudges. We have to put aside anger. We have to put aside impatience. We have to put something down in our life. If you forgive others their offenses, then your Heavenly Father will also forgive you. God is not saying that He's trying to be mean to us, but He's saying that in order for us to accept forgiveness, the forgiveness of God, we have to be models of that forgiveness to others. So th think of that theme as well during your time of fast. Time of fasting, especially the reason it is so, in a sense, severe, especially in a world of abundance that we live in, is to make us extra aware of the daily decisions we make. Today, tomorrow, when we open our fridge and we see a burger, now our mind, instead of automatically reaching for that burger or bacon or whatever we want to eat or whatever you decided to fast on, it could be sweets, our mind now is in a sense of shock. I have to rearrange the things that I have become so ingrained and so used to. I need to set aside that way of life and then simplify my life in order to be able to have a little more time for God, a little more time to focus on my spiritual life. Set aside and take up. And then in this gospel, Jesus tells us the specifics of fasting. So fasting is not you and me sitting down. So what have you fasted from? Oh, you've done this. Well, I've done that. And I've also done three extra things. It's not like a, like a poker game where you're trying to top each other off. Um, prove to each other how, how great you are. Take it when you go home, open up the Bible, chapter 6 of the Gospel of Matthew, and uh, also the Epistle of St. Paul, chapter 13. Read these passages very carefully and put a mirror to your soul in terms of your life. What do you need to set aside? Whatever it is. And what is it that you need to take up? And the only way we can be in a constant dialogue with God on this topic is to develop, especially during this time of the great fast, a daily discipline of reading the Bible, a daily discipline of reading something spiritual. Because only in doing that will we continue to grow, will we continue on that path of growing more and more into the love of Christ. And of course, the end of our period of the, of the, of the fast is the death and resurrection of Christ. And ideally, hopefully, uh, ho ideally, uh, we, as we are fasting, 
we will continually remind ourselves why we fast. It's because Jesus died for us and he rose from the dead. And now that we will do that for the next 40 days, hopefully after that, every single day will be a day when we remember the death and resurrection of Christ. So he who dies with the most toys certainly doesn't win. But he who dies closest to Christ is the one who really wins.